Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a great week, a great Wednesday. Everything's going well for you. Um, we, we are chilly here in Kansas. Uh, it is 15 degrees right now. That's somewhere around negative 10 Celsius for everyone outside the U.S. Um, we've been enjoying some cool weather, some snow. We really need it. Uh, we need the moisture here. It's been really dry, so it's appreciated. And I'm one of the weirdos that likes the cold, so I'm enjoying that as well. All right, you'll notice it's just me today. Um, Angie is uh, on jury duty. She got selected for that, and so she's going to be serving on a jury for, I don't know how long, this week, maybe some into next week. So we'll see how that goes. Um ask that you would be praying for everyone involved to uh, just have a sound mind and a strong protection around them. Uh, it's not easy serving on a jury. Uh, I remember doing it a couple of years, almost two years ago. And it was, uh, it's something that can, can stick with you depending on what's going on. So just be praying for them. Um, and, and, uh, you know, she'll be on, uh, Sunday. She's going to be teaching this Sunday. And so we'll have that up. I really hope this isn't going to start and, and be a trend throughout this broadcast. Ah, I was having problems getting before we got on. And so um, Jesus, let this connection be good. So uh, yeah, Angie's going to be out uh, today. And uh, she will be teaching Sunday, so we'll have that up on podcast first part of next week as soon as we can. Um, welcome everybody that's on. If you if you are on and you're in the background, please say hello. We love to to interact with uh, what it is you guys are thinking, and so uh, be sure to, to to be on and comment. So, uh, hi Lisa, hello Teresa, it's glad to have you on. Uh, so yeah, please please let us know what you're thinking. All right. Um, We've been talking about Acts 2. We started in this year with uh, going into the book of Acts. And we were spending the first 28 weeks of the year just walking through Acts slowly, deliberately, wanting to be very intentional about what it is that we're looking at and, and making sure we're, we're seeing as much as we can and and really uh, seeing how that's fitting with with where God is taking us and what he's doing here with unedited life and with the church at large. And so um, on the 7th of January, we started looking at Acts 2 and we spent a couple of weeks on that. And, and there is, there's a lot to unpack there because there is, is a, a broader scope of things that are happening at, at this, this Pentecost where, where Holy Spirit, uh, uh, the promise of Holy Spirit coming is fulfilled. And the, the believers in the, the upper room, that 120, are filled with the Spirit. They pour out into the street. They start declaring the mighty works of God. And all the people that are there uh, are hearing it in their own language, that, that the country they come from. It says in Acts 2.5 that there were, were devout Jews from all nations present. And so now they're all hearing this. And, and some, I'm sure, responding with curiosity and wanting to know what's going on. And others are, are responding with accusations of drunkenness early in the morning. And uh, that's when, it, when Peter steps up in verse 14 and starts to um, 
declare to them what's going on. And he, he's, he's showing them that uh, uh, through the words of Joel, that this is, this is a fulfillment of, of the promise of the spirit coming. And it, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to look at that and, and, and see that, yeah, God is fulfilling his promise here. And, and we get to partake in that just as much as they did then. And so it's very exciting. And so that's what we've been walking through. And in addition to that, there is, there's a reclaiming of the nations that is happening in all of this. There, there is, uh, that undoing of what happened at the Tower of Babel in, in Genesis 11. The, the nations were divided. The, the language, languages were separated. And so we have all these new languages. Well, now all of these, these Israelites are, are there from other nations, that the, these nations that were scattered out and, and that the Israelites were scattered to at the exile. And, and so now they're all there. And so this is, this is a scene of undoing that and a start of the reclaiming of the nations and the reclaiming of the family of God. And so um, and that's where we've been at. Hey, good morning, Vicki. Glad you could uh, make it on. Um, and so that's where we're at. And, and this week, I've really been thinking about New Covenant and the attributes of, of things that we've seen uh, uh, about the new covenant, particularly things we, we talked through this last uh, Sunday and um, good morning tomorrow and uh, things we walked through this last Sunday and, and mentioned briefly, you know, these are attributes of the new covenant that we're seeing here. And so it really got me thinking, you know, about that this week. And it's just been kind of running through my mind and and taking up a little space. So I thought this morning we'd talk about that and really just just thinking to myself, are we thinking well about these attributes that we read about of the new covenant? Are, are we letting that shape how we see ourselves, how we see other believers, how we interact in oneness and, and really just looking for these attributes in daily life? How are these things how are they playing out in, in my life? How are they playing out in the lives of others? How is that uh, um, enhancing the oneness of the body of Christ that we, we share? And so I, I started thinking about that. And so uh, um, done the recap of where we're at now, Acts, Acts 2, but I, I do want to read some of that. So, all right, I am determined to fight through these internet connection issues this morning. It, it's laughable. You know, I, I don't have problems until it's time to go live. So, all right. Um, if you've got a Bible and you're following along, uh, we're going to turn into Acts 2. And we're going to read a couple of uh, verses here. Uh, starting in verse 22, it says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. One of the things that um, 
we know of in in the Old Testament. There was there was only hope and faith before this time for the Messiah to come. They they didn't know. They had a lot of prophecies about Messiah, but they didn't understand fully how it was going to look when he came. And so there was there was hope and faith that he was going to come, and that uh, this was going to to bring about a lot of things. And and we get to have a different perspective, knowing what what's attributed to us through Jesus. We we have have a different understanding on, on this side of the cross. And, and this is an exciting thing. We get to, to exercise faith, faith differently because um, there's no fear of death uh, uh, and, and remaining in the realm of the dead uh, for eternity like there was in the Old Testament. And, and this is one of the things that, that Peter's about to walk through in this sermon. And it's where we start to get into those, those attributes of new covenant that I was talking about earlier. So it goes on in Acts 2, it says, For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. And this is from Psalm 16. And I do want to get over to that and and look at that. It's it's not a long psalm, but there is there's quite a bit there. And so if you'll flip over, if you're following along in your Bibles to Psalm 16. We're going to read that. Verse one says, preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no, excuse me, I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply their drink offerings of blood. I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion in my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. And here is where, in verse 8, here's where Peter's quote of Psalm 16 starts. It says, I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is is really interesting here. Uh, um, if we are to look at this psalm and and say that Peter's quoting this because it it points to Messiah, and and you can read it that way because this is talking about um, David prophetically looking forward to to when the Messiah would would bring about an end to 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 death and bring about an end to remaining in the realm of the dead the old testament people understood that one day they're going to die but the hope was that they wouldn't remain there the hope was that they would spend uh, eternity with god and and so um it could have been confusing if you looked at it in that in that light but uh one of the things we know in there is is there is refuge in god 
There was uh, the preferred company of godly people. There was uh, a contentment. Uh, when he talks about the lines falling in pleasant places, this is about the dividing up of the land. Uh, there was delight in God's constant presence. There is there's hope of, of everlasting joy there. That, that's, that's the way they could read this uh, in the Old Testament, and the, the ancient Israelite wouldn't be confused by it and, and just not have any understanding of this. And so understanding verse eight, I have set the Lord always before me because at my right hand, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. In the Semitic world at the right hand is, is that place of the helper, is that place of the one who is there to, to take care of you. And, and we know that um, when we get down here, it says, for you will not abandon my soul to shield or let your Holy One see corruption. This is, is that hope of not remaining in the realm of the dead. And, and this is, uh, again, because of our understanding and because of Peter's use of this, we can see that this points to Messiah as well. This points to Jesus because we know that he did not remain in the realm of the dead. He was resurrected and his, his flesh did not see corruption. And making known the path of light in, in your presence, there's fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so this is a hope. This is a, a looking forward to, uh, um, that time where uh, David wouldn't remain in the realm of the dead. And so one of the attributes we start to see here, and, and we can pull out of this, is uh, eternity with God. This is one of those things that I want us to be able to, to grab hold of and say, this is something I, I want to think more about. What does it mean to, to be uh, uh, with God for eternity? And when does that start? We, we've talked about often here that death isn't your savior, so eternity doesn't start at death. It's already started. It's already begun because we are already able to, to exercise uh, um, use of our inheritance. And so uh, we want to, to look at eternity with God in, in a way that causes us to, to see ourselves as part of the kingdom and in understanding that is a facet of sonship that we all carry. So this is an attribute of that new covenant that I want us to be able to grab hold of. Uh, next, I want to go to Jeremiah 31. And uh, this is, is specifically about the new covenant and we're going to go to Jeremiah 31. We're going to start in verse 31. And this is likely familiar uh, scripture for a lot of people. And so we're going to read 31 to 34. Uh, it says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put with I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, 
from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. That's that's a lot. There's a lot to pull out of there uh, in, in terms of thinking about attributes of the new covenant. And one of those being the kingdom written on our hearts. When he's talking about his uh, laws, uh, I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts. This is This is the kingdom. This is... Uh, the kingdom that's being put in our hearts when we have Holy Spirit indwelling us as believers, we're, we're going to start to have that that understanding, and we're going to have this this knowledge. If you if you remember back to our teaching on the spirit of knowledge out of the the seven spirits of God, this is not knowledge when we think about head knowledge, the the way we use the term knowledge regularly and commonly. Uh, in our language, it's talking about what we know in our minds, but the the spirit of knowledge, this is what we know in our hearts. This is that intimate relationship connection. And so we are going to have this, this should have this knowledge, this, this intimate connection with the kingdom in our hearts, right? the, the kingdom written on our hearts. Oh, one of the other things that says all his people will know him again, knowing this, this is going back to that heart connection. This is intimate relationship. You, if you have the Holy Spirit indwelling inside of you, it's it's not going to get uh, any more intimate than that. God knows your heart. He knows what your thoughts are. He knows what's uh, coming out of you. And so it, it should be something that um, that we have to go back to as an attribute of the kingdom and, and, and being able to start looking at this uh, uh, attribute of new covenant. How is this helping you, uh, or excuse me, how is this shaping your daily life? How is it shaping how you see others? How is that that shaping your, your connection in oneness? And then there's forgiveness. It says that he will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. We know that. We know that uh, at the cross, there was a, a taking on of sin there and a nailing of it to the cross and it was left there. And, and so putting our, our faith in Jesus, it, it brings us into that as well. This is, this is something that uh, a lot of us carry on a daily basis is forgetting forgiveness. We want to somehow hold ourselves accountable to sin that God is not remembering anymore. We want to feel the weight of punishment on ourselves because, uh, for some reason, the, the punishment or or the taking on of sin at the cross isn't good enough for, for whatever reason. And so we have to be able to to really take hold of forgiveness. Um, in this, one, one of the things that Angie brought out for us some time ago was uh, uh, asking, what is it you believe about God? Because what you believe about God is one of the most important things about you because it's going to shape how you live. It's going to shape the actions that you take, the things that you say, how you view people. Do you trust that what he has said in the scriptures, what we have recorded as, as the words of Jesus when he was here walking on earth, do we, do we believe it? Do we trust it? This is one of those, those things here that we have to be able to say, where is our trust at? Is it in God? What is it we believe about him? 
it's very important to know what it is you believe about him. So those are some more attributes of uh, the new covenant. If you're, you're still following along, you can turn over to Ezekiel 36. We're going to read a few. Uh, we're going to read a few verses here. Uh, we're starting verse 22. And it says, Therefore say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God. When through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle you, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. And I will deliver you from all your uncleanness and I will summon the grain and make it abundant and lay no famine upon you. I will make the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field abundant, that you may never again suffer the disgrace of famine among the nations. Then you will remember your evil ways and your deeds that were not good, and you will loathe yourselves for your iniquities and your abominations. It is not for your sake that I will act, declares the Lord. Let that be known to you. Be ashamed and confounded for your ways, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, On the day that I cleanse you from all your iniquities, I will cause the cities to be inhabited and the waste places shall be rebuilt, and the land that was desolate shall be tilled, instead of being the desolation that is what in the sight of all who passed by. And they will say, This land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden, and the waste and desolate and ruined cities are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations that are left all around, all around you shall know that I am the Lord. I have rebuilt the ruined places and replanted that which was desolate. I am the Lord, I have spoken, and I will do it. Thus says the Lord God, This also I will let the house of Israel ask me to do for them, to increase their people like a flock, like the flock for sacrifices, like the flock at Jerusalem during her appointed feast. So shall the waste cities be filled with flocks of people. Then, then they will know that I am the Lord. So there's there's a lot in there about um, attributes of of new covenant there. We can see that the nations will know he is Lord. We can see the, the gathering and the cleansing, uh, again, uh, um, delivering from uncleanness. This is that, that forgiveness that we just talked about. Given a new heart and a new spirit, we can see that poured out at Pentecost. We can see that that is what is, is taking place there. Uh, again, it's repeated just like, in Jeremiah, they will be my people and I will be their God. We can see that there's provision. There is, there is an obedience.
Uh, this is, uh, this is fun dealing with this. I, I'm not even sure if I was on or, or how long I was still talking there. Um, there's provision, there's obedience, there's the regathering of the nations, the regathering of the families. We can see that there's also abundance, uh, but we have to be able to, to start looking at these things. Yes, some of this, this may be uh, literal in, in terms of, of, of the people coming into the land, repossessing it, and in the abundance of, of harvest there. But we have to also look at this in light of, of the, the big C church of the body of Christ and in the abundance that is there, the, the regathering that's there, the, the collection into the family. What is, what does abundance look like spiritually for the body of Christ? This is one of those things where we need to start thinking well about what it is that we're reading. Reading and, and what it is that's being said. Um, not always trying to look for uh, literal fulfillment of these things, but what does it look like uh, uh, spiritually for these things to, to take place? If if there is more going on in Acts 2 in terms of undoing what happened at the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11, then there's probably a lot more going on here, particularly in, in uh, Ezekiel 36. And so to see these things, to, to, to start to connect with them, to start to be able to, to pull them out and, and really um, really understand what's going on. There is there is a lot more happening than than we want to or or that we have been shown in the past. There's a lot more happening than uh, people are are often comfortable with with talking about because of some of the language used in the Old Testament. And if you go back and, and listen to the podcast for the teaching for the last couple of weeks, uh, you'll you'll understand what it is I'm talking about without going into all of that again. So if we continue on in Acts 2, uh, in verse 29, it says, Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this, that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. What David said in in Psalm 16 is, is being fulfilled. The, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the the overcoming of the realm of the dead, being able to to live eternally with God—that's what we have access to. This is the, the, these are, are are facets of of the new or or attributes of the new covenant. And so, I just wanted to to pull some of these things out and to be able to look about them, look at them, and, and think about them. Jesus's death and resurrection, it, it brought us into a new covenant. So 
are, are we thinking well about this? Are, are we thinking through what it is these these things are are, are saying to us? What what are we being told here? What what are we to to draw out from these things? We we can't just read and gloss over some of these things and, and miss the bigger picture of of what's going on and what's taking place. You know, do do we think about it at all? Do we go beyond just Bible reading and get into actual Bible? Terribly sorry about these continued interruptions. Um, how how is all of this seeing all of this and and having some of this opened up? How does it uh, change your perspective of of self and and how you're seeing yourself inside of sonship? Uh, how does it change your perspective of others when when you see them either uh, uh, taking action within their uh, God-given identity or, or, or not, or, or taking action outside of it? How does it change your perspective there? How does it want to, how does it want you to uh, uh, step differently into oneness? What, what does that look like? How will you step in differently into oneness to sharpen one another, to, to care for one another, to, to share all things in common, which is how uh, chapter two of Acts ends. It's, it's talking about them sharing all things in common. And that wasn't just about money. There was so much more going on besides just finances. And so uh, um, just thinking through these things, we need to understand what we believe about God. It's very important. We need to understand what we believe about ourselves and, and what we believe about oneness. There, there has to be some honest conversations as we move forward into 2024. There is, there's a lot happening in 2024 and, and particularly in, uh, I've heard the first six weeks are particularly important, but for us here at Unedited Life, the first six months are, are setting up what is taking place later down the road. And so we need to start having some of these honest conversations with ourselves about what it is we believe about what it is that we we have wisdom and revelation on what we have understanding of what we have uh, knowledge of. And then we need to be seeking counsel in these things, be seeking the spirit of counsel. What, what is What is the, the, the revelation that you want to bring out to, to unlock more wisdom uh, and bring us into understanding. So I, I just, I, I hope you were able to get a little something out of this and, um, and hopefully we'll have uh, Angie back with us next Wednesday. Hopefully this uh, this uh, serving on a jury doesn't take take that long. So uh, I appreciate you you being on. I appreciate your your, your comments here, and uh, look forward to seeing you all again soon. All right, have a great week. <laughs>